Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, where you'll find regular insights on what's happening in the world of local marketing from two of the brightest and occasionally irreverent minds in the industry, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's show is sponsored by Site Impact, the experts in email marketing. And now, here's your hosts, Gordon and Corey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. I am your host, Corey Elliott, and this handsome devil next to me is... Gordon Burrell, of course. And as always, we're going to be talking about a few headlines here to get us going, and then we're going to have an interview and talk around a particular subject, and this week it is email. So you'll hear uh, Gordon do an interview with Brandon Rosen from Site Impact, talking about the state of email marketing and how local media companies are... More specifically, they're not maximizing the capabilities here. But first, to the headlines. Gordon, what have you run across recently? Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with social media. We had a chart of the week, and on the 22nd of July, I believe it was, uh, maybe the 29th. It was the 29th of July, and it showed that Facebook was just incredibly... Uh, taking charge and now the number one most popular medium with 62% of advertisers buying Facebook and 90% of them using it in some way. So not all of them actually buy to boost a post. And I will talk about that in a second. We saw some pretty significant increases for Facebook in the uh, in the first quarter along lines of 32%. How, how many of you can say you're increasing your revenues 32% or spending that much more if you're an advertiser? We even see, saw an increase with uh, Twitter up 29%. But let me get to Facebook for a second. Corey, we, we boosted a post for our first podcast. Ah, we, we put a post on uh, Facebook, and then we boosted it. Awesome. Paid fifty bucks. Great. To post it out and let other people, you know, people who click like on the Burrell Associates page, and we got sixty nine, I think, in the first day likes. That was great. Except, I sent you an email last night yeah. to just show you some of the people, and can you describe them for us? Uh, I would rather not. <laughs> These are people, you know. I, I'll just put it this way. 80% of them had zero friends associated with mm. us. So we know that 80% of them really were just weird people. And you can look at the profile people. I got to tell you, these people were not the kind that you would see in an advertising and marketing conference, but they were the kind you'd probably like see at Walmart with a grocery cart full of Cheetos beef jerky wearing a baseball cap that says who farted on it. So. <laughs> You see me on the weekends, I see. Okay. Okay. So, but, so it, it's interesting that, you know, advertisers really see social media as something that's growing and, you know, very, very interesting and very interactive and inexpensive. But, you know, I, I don't know about these things. It, 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 we do see some increase in Snapchat, you know, they're kind of a ridiculous social media platform. But Snapchat did $388 million last quarter, pretty good. And their forecast for growth is pretty significant. This year, it's going to be up maybe 30 40%. Next year, they're saying it'll be up 43%. So watch out for Snapchat. Meh. Nah. Meh. Nah. I, I don't know. Snapchat. You disagree okay. with me. Well... Okay, 75% of Snapchat users are under 34, 39% are between 18 and 24, 61% are female. That sounds great, I guess, if you're targeting specific people like that, but a majority of local businesses are, aren't using it. They aren't using, if they're buying something on social media, do you know how many of them are buying Snapchat? Less than 5%. 
That makes sense. I mean, because it, it, it's not down at the local level yet. I think it's a national platform, but I do think there's going to be more and more up to the, the audience for Snapchat is growing. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I've, how many times can you do like rabbit ears and bunny noses on your face? But. But, some other applications that might well, apply locally. Sure, and I don't think they know what to do with it because 55% of them that are using it are saying it's either slightly or not at all effective. So, so 55% of what, 2% that you Yeah, say? 55% of 4% <laughs> of the people using social right. media. So, Okay, so that's that. Uh, another big headline in the news recently, Gatehouse. Gatehouse buying Gannett. If that goes through, they're going to own one out of six newspapers. Uh, Gatehouse has 451 newspapers. Uh, Gannett has the largest circulation. They're at 216. So what do you think about this? this- I, I think, well, a couple of things. A lot of people, you know, were, were posting comments that, wow, you know, Gatehouse buying Gannett, they thought it would be the other way around. But if you look at New Media Investment Group or Gatehouse, their operating margin is pretty significantly higher than, than Gannett. So they're pretty much the leaders in that pack of two when it comes to cost containment. And I think this story is all about cost containment. I don't think it's about some big strategic move and they're going to significantly grow digital advertising. I think that's part of the picture. But I think this is a pure financial move. I think they have an end game in mind. The end game is at what point are they going to have to start shutting down newspapers and let's get rid of a CEO, get rid of uh, a CFO so they'll have two in one organization and continue to contain costs and keep that newspaper group, you know, a giant newspaper group alive as long as they can. Would they get rid of local publishers? Well, Gannett has. I mean, they've gone to regional publishers, um, and I think that's going to be the case. Why not have one person in charge? So, so what you're going to have, I think, in each newspaper is just a bunch of, 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 of minions who do stuff. They're going to write stories and sell ads and distribute the paper. Um, so there's, to me, there's a, a gutting, unfortunately, of a lot of the strategic thinking. And that's sad, but it just shows also that the newspaper industry, the print industry, is not providing a great level of efficiency for advertisers plus people are just getting their news online as they have for you know 20 years now yeah and the, the can you be local from a regional hub that's going to be the question that they're going to have to answer too um okay let's move on so i want to bring this up the pew research center had a state of the news media uh report that just recently came out had five big headlines in it uh of course some are no-brainers like u.s newspaper circulation reached its lowest level since 1940 cable was a bright spot digital revenue rose but that's basically because of google and facebook audience for local tv news declined and this one i want to talk about traffic to news websites seems to have leveled off they leveled off um in the fourth quarters of 2017 to 2018, they didn't grow, and that's the second year in a row that has happened. So why is this important? I think it might be important for local media outlets to understand there is a saturation point, that nothing grows forever. And if you're going to put your eggs in the digital basket, specifically the news sites, that basket can only get so full. Yeah, I, I'd agree. It's it's a very, very difficult thing for any media company to manage a disruptive medium internally. As we said before, the people who will probably grow are the ones that have independent pure play companies. So it's just I just don't see a query where – and we, we had a question from uh, Billboard magazine uh, a few days ago about is there net growth for the radio industry. And in the end, there wasn't, you know. From five years ago to today, there's a $1.6 billion change, decline in total radio advertising, local radio advertising. And 
Only about an $800 million gain in digital. That's why I think there should be other arrows in the quiver, like, oh, I don't know, email. Email. Well, yeah, what a great topic. <laughs> in fact, let's get to that interview, but first, let's hear from our sponsor. I want to take a quick break and thank Site Impact, our sponsors. These guys are great. I really like this company. They're a wholesale email marketing company. What they do is provide email solutions, mostly to ad agencies, media companies, and some others. One of the coolest things they have is this database of 145 million opt-in email records. That's what, like 40% of the total U.S. population. A really cool part of what they also have is this targeting capability. They have 750 different selects like age, geo, gender, etc. So if you want to target, I don't know, redheaded female skydiving enthusiasts who are in the market for a pink Mercedes, they probably got them. Anyway, thanks again, Site Impact, for sponsoring our local marketing trends podcast. If you want a free demo of what they do or contact them, just email them at info at site, S-I-T-E, impact.com. And with us today is Brandon Rosen from Site Impact, one of the foremost thinkers on uh, email marketing, and he's got a great company, as I just described in, uh, in our little sponsor slot there. So, Brandon, first, thanks for joining us, and thank you very much for being a sponsor of our inaugural podcast welcome oh thank you very much you're very welcome Gordon it's always a always a pleasure to work together with you on a number of different projects and I look forward to it so thank you sure tell us a little bit I know I gave some information in the spot just a, a couple seconds ago but tell us a little bit about site uh, impact and what you guys do just you know give us the 15 second elevator speech yeah really it's it's very simple site impact is a wholesale email marketing company we represent hundreds of ad agencies, media companies, marketing agencies with their email marketing systems and solutions to go out there and generate new prospects and new customers for the current businesses. So at the end of the day, we have a white label turnkey program to where a ad agency can go to their clients and let's just say it's the local car dealership and run a 20 mile radius around the car dealership of people that own a certain type of car. We take that email ad, we blast it to our email list, and then drive the traffic back to that car dealership's website and storefront. So it's a it's a great added product to what these uh, dealerships or small and medium-sized businesses are currently off are currently promoting. That's fantastic. You know what surprises me a lot is that email does not seem to be in the discussion with with trade you know publications and things like that when everybody's talking about advertising they talk about social media marketing and that's all the rage you know how to post and market to people uh banner advertising audience extension video advertising is now really big and of course podcasting and audio streaming advertising where the hell is email in all this it just seems to be lost would you agree it does get lost because I think it gets very confusing and, and people make it more complicated than what it is. It's always interesting how I find so many businesses don't even properly remarket and properly rebrand their own current email list or their own current customers. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. I think you're absolutely right. When we and we were talking about this just a little earlier, Corey and I, that there are just so many companies that don't understand that they have potential, particularly with advertisers. Most media companies, let's say, have advertiser uh, or, or customer lists, but they think of those as a readers or listeners, their viewers. But what about the advertisers? Are you seeing that they don't have uh, access to their advertisers in the form of a database with maybe not just current buyers of advertising for the newspaper, TV, radio station, or whatever, or, and ad agencies, but 
any business in the market that might want some information about marketing. You see that? Yeah, I think that, you know, it surprises me still of how many businesses don't properly collect data in the front end when they're, you know, taking inbound phone calls, they're signing people up for their services and promotions. And it's something that I think people just don't know what to do with it. And they're scared of different email software providers and they don't know how to do the right content. So, you know, we've always, we don't touch the current customer list. We always go after a brand new customer list. Um, we do see on the flip side of it is, is that, you know, social media, yes, it's great. Search is awesome because people are actively looking for that product. But it also takes a while to get an ad approved on search and social. It could take 24 to 48 hours sometimes to get ads approved. So when you have email that you don't need that long approval process to be able to get your message out to people quick to in a, in a timely fashion to get something out quicker, it, it's it's so crucial for that to go to the masses. And with a lot of the rules and regulations around Google and, and social media with what ads they will approve and what they won't approve, email is a lot more flexible. Yeah, it's instantaneous. I mean, it, absolutely. So I'm going to ask you to point the finger. Um, who's to blame for this issue with email not being seen as so prominent and so uh, uh, powerful? Is it, the, is it the advertiser? They just don't see it? Or is it the marketing technology companies? They aren't providing adequate tools to make that happen? Or is it maybe the ad agencies and the media companies that aren't doing a good job communicating the power of email? Pick one. Pick one. I, I, I think it's I, I think the biggest thing is I think the end advertisers just don't have that that content person, that marketing person in place a lot of times. And we find that to them, you know, coming up with a, a newsletter or promotion via email is such a big process to where they feel that they can go onto Facebook and post a, a two sentence uh, ad with a JPEG that they found on Google Images and it's a lot quicker and easier. So I, I would think it's just probably the 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 experience and how in how much easier some things are versus others you know if you're having if you're doing your own email list your own customer base you, you need to have somebody in your in your office that's putting together the content and and writing the appealing newsletters and i just feel that a lot of the small businesses just don't have that in place and the media companies are aren't their in-house writers for that if there's one thing, Brandon, at a uh, an agency or a media company, most of the folks listening to this, although there's some direct marketers as well, signed up for the, l listening to the podcast. Um, what would what would sort of blow the top off of email marketing becoming really as powerful as it could be, and then suddenly having people in the trades talk about it and say, "Wow, the most powerful," and I feel this way, the most powerful marketing tool outside of word of mouth and maybe personal referrals is email marketing. What, what would, what one thing do you think would make that happen? The one thing that would make it more powerful, I think it's just, I think it's really just, it's, it's educating the advertisers and giving them a more user friendly, easier tool to be able to go out there to market with. And I don't think a lot of the ESPs make it as easy as it can be and really provide, okay, Constant Contact and MailChimp provide the software, but do they provide the necessary training to teach the clients how to properly collect their own data and how to customize their own ads? So I think it's really just a, it's, it still becomes a real big thing with education. Yep, good point. Last question for you. What's the one biggest problem that you see with your customers or even potential customers um, in implementing email or seizing it or whatever. What's what's the one big thing that you look at and you go, man, that's a big, big problem in the industry? 
I would probably say two things. And I, I think number one, I think it's really just mobile responsiveness. I don't think customers or the media and agencies fully understand how to make an ad to be mobily responsive, whether you have an Android or an iPhone or what type of, uh, what type of mail client that you have. Um, you know, there's, there's over a hundred different ways there's over 100 different ways to check out, check an email with different systems, and you have to know how to set up your ad properly for that success. And I think number two, a lot of people just think, hey, let's just, just drive traffic to a website, and it'll just convert from there. And that's not how it goes. You know, where what is the call to action? What is the incentive for somebody just to go out there and buy that product or service? And I think it's just really coming up with more creative ways, not just driving traffic, but driving traffic to something that you need the customers to do, not just go on your website and let them figure it out for themselves. Great. Thank you, Brandon. It's been uh, perfect to have you on and talk about uh, email with us. This is a really great uh, uh, time for media companies to participate in what I think is an impending boom in email marketing. So thank you very much again for sponsoring our podcast and thanks for joining us today, Brandon. Oh, you're very welcome. Good luck with everything, Gordon. Talk to you real soon. Great. Thank you. Great interview, Gordon. Did you know that it's estimated that digital marketing tech companies grew 10% in the second quarter, but the ones that had or focused on email service platforms grew at 15%? 15. So it just shows if you know about email marketing and are engaged in that, your business is growing faster. Is that the deal? Uh, yes, it is. Um, but I think the challenge for an advertiser and a media company, completely different when it comes to email. Did you know that only 7% of advertisers who use email marketing actually farm it out? They're doing it themselves. Oh, that's ridiculous. Didn't we do a, a, a survey a year or two ago showing that the average time someone spends on an email crafting is like three hours or something? Oh, yeah, ridiculous it's ridiculous. Like but it's turned into this kind of tool. I don't think it's being seen as a marketing uh, you know, tool right now. It's it's all about retention. But 56% said they would they would spend the same amount of money on email marketing this year, and 37% said they would actually use or, or spend more on it this year. Yeah, I was impressed. I'd seen some statistics in our current survey that were indicating that people were beginning to spend money on it rather than just doing, you know, what we do. We craft an email and we punch a button. So you're not spending money on it, right? Okay, we spend, what, $200 a month or something like that with constant contact. But it's not advertising. It's a marketing expense. But it looks now like maybe more is being farmed out or they're beginning to spend more money on it somehow. But in any event, I'll stand by my statement. I think it is a very, very strong, if not the strongest marketing tool in your quiver outside of, you know, word of mouth advertising or personal referrals. It is as long as you use it right, but not a lot of them. Are, uh, Brandon talked a lot about gaining new customers. It isn't seen that way out there in the market. There are only 7% of businesses cited email as a top source of getting new business. It's all about retention until they yeah. can make that switch. Then it's just going to be relegated to this retention tool. Yeah, it's it's much more about gaining new customers. That's where the, I think the value is. So anyway, our time's up. We've just uh, spent our 20 minutes. I hope it's been useful to you. Corey, thank you very much. Uh, Another great thank uh, you. set of insights from you. Uh, please tell your friends about our podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, sponsored by Site Impact. If you have submissions for something you'd like Corey or Gordon to discuss, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, email the hosts at podcast at borellassociates.com and let them know. Thanks for listening. And remember, market well.